Welcome to Fueling the Revenue Engine. My name is Roz Greenfield, co-founder and chief enablement officer at Level 213. This podcast was created as a response to requests that we've gotten from the enablement community, looking for resources to support them during these unprecedented times. As we ride out this global COVID-19 pandemic, we believe that this is a great time to connect with other enablement leaders for discussions that take a closer look at relevant enablement topics. It's our hope that the podcast provides insight, guidance, and support to the go-to-market enablement and sales leadership communities during these difficult times. We're coming to you during the shelter in place. Personally, I'm in downtown San Francisco. I hope you're all hanging in there, and we appreciate your understanding that we can't record this in a proper studio. So please forgive any background noises that we can't edit out, being that I, for one, am sheltering in place in one of the noisiest parts of San Francisco. And many of our podcast guests that we're meeting with virtually, of course, are also in shelter in place situations where they can't necessarily control the background sound either. Today, we welcome our guest expert, Andrew Hazard. He's the director of go-to-market enablement at Contentful. And what we're going to be doing is discussing the importance and the implications of establishing a true partnership between sales leadership and enablement. And Andrew brings a really incredibly unique perspective to this conversation, having been both in sales leadership and sales enablement roles throughout his career. So I want to welcome Andrew. We're so happy to have you with us today. Where are you speaking to us from and how are you doing in all this uh, craziness that we're living in? Uh, yeah, Ross, well, I'm happy to be here. and Thank you for having me. Um, right now, I'm calling you from the foggy Daly City, California, uh, sitting in my family room. Um, and, you know, we're making the most out of this uh, living in captivity situation. And uh, there's a lot of good to come out of it uh, as yeah. long as you focus on that. Thank you for taking the time to do this. So I'm really, really excited for today's conversation. Um, I think this is an incredibly important topic and one that can make or break the success of sales enablement in an organization. And I think that you really have the ability to speak and act both as a sales leader and as a sales enablement professional interchangeably. And sometimes I'm a little jealous of that because I think that that's part of your superpower in enablement. So I really want to start with like the key question here. Why is it so important for the sales enablement team to establish a strong partnership with sales leadership? Um, yeah, I mean, having uh, done the sales enablement role a few times, this is something I actually didn't appreciate early on. Uh, I thought it was like, come in here, you know, just do the job, make it happen, but never really spent the time to build uh, that partnership or that relationship with the sales leadership. Um, and now, having been a sales leader, done the enablement, I, the place where I've landed is you just need to know the goal of your customer base. And one of my customers is all the sales leaders. And mm -hmm. the bottom line um, with them is their, their core job is to drive as much revenue as they possibly can. And my job enablement is to help support making that happen. Mm. And the reality is, is the VP, the head of sales, the CRO, whoever it might be, like their success is really just the sum of all their parts. Mm. They have an entire army of AEs, SDRs, sales engineers, partner team, whatever it might be. Um, and so I see our role in enablement is aligning with the vision of that leader in supporting the success of every one of their individuals. Mm. And having now sat in their role, like I have a deeper empathy or a deeper understanding of what that really is. And so if I could see through their lens and, and, I, and I could see 
what they want to accomplish for their team, our enablement function becomes a lot easier and frankly, a lot more impactful on the individual level. Mm. You know, what I think I'm hearing you saying, which I think is so brilliant, is if they are the sum of all their parts and they have so many different uh, components to their organization and having been in a sales leader role, you understand how each of those different components are so important, you're able to then enable each of those different groups to the best of their ability so that they can all come together to help to drive that revenue that you're actually talking about. So I think it actually gives a really unique perspective, whereas someone who might've been in sales might not have been a sales engineer or someone who might've been in sales might not have done partnerships, but having been a sales leader and having to make each of those teams be successful, you're actually looking at it from the perspective of, okay, what does partnership need? What does sales and engineering need? What does AE need? What does SDR need or whatever have you to really end up come to that ending goal of let's drive more revenue, right? Both, you know, pre and post sale actually. So that's, I think that's a really, really interesting um, perspective to, to comment it as. Um, having been both in sales leaders and sales enablement, how has your experience having been in that VP role, kind of a little bit to what we were just talking about, help you run enablement? So how did you then take that and bring it to your to the enablement that you actually do today? Because I think I heard you say you do it differently now, having been in the sales leadership role than before you were. Is that correct? Yeah, 100%. I look at it different. Um, you know, I think it, it comes on a couple areas of how I see it now, or more importantly, how, how I'm able to make an impact now versus before. Um, when I first started, my role, I saw my role in enablement as, hey, I'm here to help AEs sell and I'm just going to teach them or I'm here to help SDRs. And you didn't really have this idea of how actually everything that you're doing has an impact somewhere up or down the line. What we teach our SDRs to do is largely supported or impacted what happens at the top of funnel with marketing or mm. AEs. We have the bottom of funnel or the long tail, which happens in CS and whatnot. Um, when you step into a VP role in sales, you are acutely aware of every decision you make and how those, those decisions align with those partner groups. Mm. So now, when I step back into the enablement role, I don't just look at, hey, what do the AEs need or what's the SDRs need? I look at what the organization needs. Mm. I look at what support, resources, training, behavior, whatever it might be for the entire go-to-market team. I look and see, well, what is the downstream and upstream impact that's going to have? And that actually allows me to have a lot more organizational alignment, which is, I think, probably the unwritten rules of enablement, or at least sales <laughs> enablement. Yep. Organizational alignment is equally, if not more important than those skills classes or those, hey, we need to close more, or help with this conversion rate or whatever it might be. The organizational impact is probably even larger than I ever realized before I stepped into a VP. Yeah, like an example of what you mean by that. Well, here, a good example. Um, all of us in enablement, at one point or another, we had to roll out, you know, the new corporate narrative or the new <laughs> pitch, the new deck, right? Like all it of us- probably just changed on March 15th when this pandemic hit. Exactly, too. all of us. Actually, this yeah. is a very present issue and I'm sure yeah. all of us have had to do it. But here's the reality. In- my prior life, I would have said, great, I'm going to equip the team to do this. But now it's much bigger than the team. What marketing is putting out there from the marketing communications and the brand in this new pitch world or this new strategic narrative to how we talk to our customers with this new strategic narrative. If you're shifting your focus or making a pivot from a technical to a value cell, 
that has implications across the board. And so it's no longer just about having the VP of sales aligned with you. It's having the VP mm-hmm. of customer success. It's having the CMO. It's having product involved in the conversation to make sure that you are providing continuity across all of those. And that's where the enablement function has really exploded yeah. in recent years. And, and frankly, a really big opportunity um, ahead because you are that aligning piece. You have no stake in the game. Mm-hmm. With, look at our sole focus goes back to what we said at the beginning is make every individual successful. The way you make them successful is make sure that everything you're passing along or supporting or resourcing or encouraging is aligned with the org. Yeah. So it's kind of bridging the entire gap of the entire organization for the benefit of the organization's revenue success, which is what keeps the company in business at the end of the day. And what I think, what I hear you saying, and I think it's so important is especially in the SaaS world that we live in um, is it's not, you can't be siloed and it's an infinity loop between marketing and sales and success and support and back to, you know, maybe back to marketing, back to sales. And so who's, who's looking at that much more holistic approach. And even a sales leader or a CRO is, is, is usually looking at just like the sales function where sales enablement is looking way, way before and way, way after and how it's coming in and out. And you are that voice in the organization that's able to, to string this all together for the benefit of the company servicing their customers, which will drive revenue. And I think, I think where companies really struggle is in, um, in, in those intersections or not looking at the big holistic picture. And I think what, what I think you're saying so brilliantly is, is if enablement steps back and is really looking at those partnerships long-term, it's not necessarily, you know, the narrative that you put out, it's what is the data that marketing is finding to what is to the environment responding to, to how is they saying it to what's happening once it goes over to the, to, to the success side. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of data shows we make more money on the success side today than we do on the, on the sales side. Right. And sales enablement, I think might've come in the time started or, or hatched when sales was the only, uh, you know, in the perpetual licenses days when sales was the only revenue generating team, but that's not true anymore. Right. No. It's evolved so much. Yeah, yeah, with that land and expand and the focus on yeah. uh, on expansion itself, uh, our our influence and our ability to actually impact the organizational goals from a revenue standpoint has become much more attainable and much wider in its span. So it's all there. Yeah. Um, so I, I, uh, I two two big questions that are going through my head, but I'm gonna take one at a, one at a time. The first is, you know, so we talked about you having that experience, having done both, and 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 stepping into a sales role um, after enablement, and then going back to enablement. But not every and and being able to you know juggle between back and forth. Not everyone has done that. So if somebody hasn't done that, what can they do to learn from your experience and think like a sales leader without having to actually go be that sales leader? Yeah. Uh, and we yeah. should probably be saying not just sales because we're talking about the whole go-to-market. So yeah. maybe even a go-to-market leader. Yeah, go-to-market. I mean, uh, you know, we can slice it whatever we want. But I, I will say this. Um, when I look back, some of the things that I did is, number one, one of the things that it's one of those things that everyone loves to talk about is development. How am I growing? How am I developing? What's my, how am I learning? And as enablement people, we are always learners. Mm-hmm. Like that's at its core, right? Like yeah. I don't think anyone gets into enablement who's not a learner. Yep. <laughs> so, and, and, if we, and if we stop learning, shame on us. Shame on us. That's on yeah. us, right? So, but one of the things I did, I decided was, and a while ago was, I'm going to own my own development. What does that mean? I'm going to learn as much as I can, and I'm going to chase down every opportunity. So uh, before, in my last role, before I became 
VP of revenue for, for Double Dutch is I, I, I force myself into every conversation where I could learn and be exposed to things. So what does that mean? I was in every forecast meeting. I, I, I asked and demanded I'd be in every forecast meeting. So I was in there listening to my CRO, listening to the CEO, listening to our directors of sales, our directors of account management, and hearing and understanding how they were going about managing their business mm-hmm. and, and really trying to get a, a, a perspective that I didn't have before. Um, deal reviews. Every company has deal reviews. They happen at various different levels of the organization. But when those deal reviews are happening, be in there. Be a fly on the wall. Gain a perspective. Understand how people are looking at the deals, the gaps they have, and how you could fill them, right? Mm-hmm. By going in there and learning and having a perspective, um, it, it really is empowering. Um, there's a phrase I learned about uh, when I was at a role some time ago, but it was called deep customer empathy. And the company I was at decided how to build a lot of their products about listening to their customers. Mm. Well, I think this is my version of an internal yeah. we all have customers. Ours is an internal customer and have deep customer empathy, actively listen to the conversations, listen to what they're asking, listen to the challenges they're having. It doesn't mean say, hey, give me a list of all the things so I could go do it. That's not what it's about. It's really listening to those gaps, listening to the data and understanding uh, where they really want to be and what's preventing them from getting there. Um, And you don't get that by sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. And you're going to start hearing trends, right? And you're going to be sitting in that meeting, in that forecast meeting, deal review, or probably even like customer churn meetings or customer health meetings too. Is you're going to hear things and, and think of things as far as, okay, how can we help enable this or, or, or reinforce this scale or reinforce this behavior that a sales leader is not going to think about or a CRO might not think about or the AE might not even know to ask for. And then you can come and say, you know, be proactive and say, this is what I'm hearing from, you know, this is where we're falling down and here's where I think we can pick it up or here's where I think we're really doing well. So let's, let's maximize that. So you come with a perspective at the same time as you're learning, which I think is so smart. And you now become a strategic player, not just, you know, kind of like the doer or the cleaner upper or like, here's a list of things. And they don't know what they don't know. And they're not thinking about it from an enablement perspective. So you're walking in to learn from them, but you're also walking in with your enablement hat on, which I think is so smart and so helpful. And I think anybody could do that. You don't have to be, you know, you'd have to figure out how to manage your time. And I'm curious when you were doing this, were you, how big was your team? Were you a one person show or did you have a team and what percentage of time did you spend in those meetings versus like the execution of it? Wow. Uh, great question. When I started that, I was a team of three. Uh, I was also overseeing operations um, during part of that. So I had one person supporting my operations side and I had another um, individual contributor on the enablement side. But t- don't fool yourself. Like That's also like yeah. you're doing a lot of the work too. Sure. Um, but the way you really manage it, it it's, it's all about, I mean, this could be a whole other topic for some another time, but uh, prioritization matters. Uh, so many times at at these companies and when we're enablement, there's so much to do. There is so much to do. We've all seen it, but not all of it is high urgency and high importance. Mm. And literally by taking the time out of your week, one hour in a forecast meeting, another hour in a deal review, literally it helps inform your prioritization. That Mm. work is always going to be there, but frankly, it allows you to work smarter as Mm. you're gathering these data points. So, um, yeah, it, it really wasn't a matter of adding more work. It was just getting a lot better and smarter about the work you're Being doing. Being more efficient. Yeah, yeah, that's really that's really important. Because again, if you hear 
because you're here in the day to day, you'll and and the trends will start coming through. You'll know where to put your time later on. So you're not being busy or, or eating soup with a fork. You're you're eating soup with a spoon at the right time, right? Exactly. So, that's yeah, exactly that's, it. That's, yeah, that's, and and to your point, it's an it's maybe three hours a week, right? Um, and it's usually on the same times and you probably, you know, depending on the size of the company, you can choose to go to different segments at different times. I think also, as I'm thinking about it, you're, you're seen more as a partner probably because you're in those meetings and you're in the trenches with them. And you're not just coming from this perspective of, well, what do you really understand? You know, I remember when, when I had, I came from sales myself. And then when I went to a new company, one of the sales reps says like, I don't know that you can really sell. I've never seen you sell. Right. And so maybe being in, the trenches with them they'll realize like oh no they do understand the reality of our lives and so that i think that's a that's a really great point um what so we talked about that it's important to have this, this strong relationship and so obviously I, I i know that you're somebody that that's able to build strong relationships with sales leadership or revenue leadership or go to market leadership what is the impact of that what happens as a benefit to the organization and to the customers, like you talked about, the internal customers and the external customers, when there is this strong partnership and the and the sales leader sees the value of enablement. Wow. Um, yeah, I think, it, let me answer this in two phases. I think it's important to take, take a step back is the first thing in enablement to understand is why your organization even has enablement or is looking for enablement in the first place. Um, and then I'll get to the relationship yep. in a second because Typically, I, I've kind of got to this point where there's two times companies make the investment in enablement. Um, and take a picture of a dam, if you will. And the two times that they hire enablement is either A, there's a lot of cracks in the dam and the water represents revenue. And they need someone to come in and put their fingers in the dam to prevent the water or revenue from leaking out of the dam. Yep. That's one. Then there's two where they are ready to raise the dam so they could collect more revenue. And that's the second time that they're looking to hire enablement. If I could give advice to everybody who's listening to this, look for the second one and avoid the first one. Mm. Uh, and, and I highly recommend this. There's opportunity in both of them. Do you but, find it has to do with the time, like how long, if they waited too long to bring in enablement or is it, it could be market circumstances, like what, is there a, a rhythm or a pattern to when one they would go one versus the other? I, I honestly don't think there's one. Sometimes, you know, obviously during market shifts, there's always an opportunity for them to go and find a, hey, we need someone to do something. So enablement's okay. the answer. Uh, but a lot of it, a lot of those times, it's really just geared towards what's happening internal, what's happening with the revenue, what's happening with the direction of the company. Did they just get a big round of funding? If they got yeah. a big round of funding, that's probably a sign they're going to raise the dam. Yeah. Right. Like there's, but that's not the only indicator. <laughs> there's a new, a new product launch, maybe a new product launch. Yeah. There's a lot of those things. An acquisition. Like, yeah. An acquisition. There's, there's plenty of different examples of where this, pl mind you, there's a lot of people who have raised a lot of money who are hiring the people to fill the cracks too. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, they finally like, have the money to fill the cracks. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not an, it's yeah. not a one or the other, but what I would recommend to anybody is why they hire you, why they want to fill this role says a lot about the relationship you're actually going to have with that. Yeah, that's a, that's very, that's, that's a very interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. And so when they're trying to raise the dam, they actually are bringing in enablement and investing enablement. And yeah. I use the word investment. They don't see it as a cost center. They see it in an, as an investment in their team. 
Yeah, it's part of how we're going to drive the revenue. Yeah. Bingo. And so you're immediately established as a strategic partner and you and your VP or head of sales, CRO, whoever it is you report to are actually going to see you as that strategic partner. Yeah. And that was really important because that gives you a lot of opportunity to work cross-functionally, cross-departmentally within the sales organization or revenue organization itself to, to really make an influence on the directional future. Yeah. As opposed to being the, I hate to say it, but almost like the grunt, Hey, enablement will take care of that. Hey, enablement will take care of that. Clean up crew or the jump all. Patching the walls like that. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot to learn in that situation, but ultimately that prevents you from building a strong actual relationship with your VP over time. Yeah. Spending so much of your time doing, you're not doing a lot of your time building and strategizing across the organization to help meet a goal. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking about now with the situation that we're in today, there is, you know, plugging the leaks, but I think the one, because leaks happened that we weren't expecting and weren't able to plan for, but I think the organizations that were building the dam and lifting the dam sooner, yes, they had links to leaks to plug too, because, you know, the world exploded or fell apart, but they would, they would probably had an easier time or I'm seeing them have an easier time plug those holes because there was a strategy, because there was a partnership that, because everybody was, 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 was scrambling but they're getting back to normal now versus yeah. i still have all these we, the, the, there's a bottomless pit of holes yeah you know it's a i i'm not a guy who uses cliches too often but there's one that i've always believed in and you see this happen all the time fail to plan plan to fail mm-hmm. an organization that planned on enablement before these things happen yeah was ahead yeah right they planned they planned yeah. for what's going to happen they planned it and so while there is those holes while there is there's always gaps nothing's ever perfect yeah. you're able to patch and move yeah right yeah. you're able to pivot quickly and continue moving not losing sight directionally of the co- company strategy yep and i would imagine somebody that you're describing who's who's using enablement to lift the dam they, they probably already see the value in enablement right because they they're choosing this as their path to kind of get there versus the person that's like, oh, I know, I, I one time had someone call me up and said, um, what is enablement? My VC told me I need to get it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, well, yeah, I mean, you don't probably don't believe it, you're doing what you're told versus somebody who says, I have a goal that I need to get to and you know how I'm gonna get there? I'm gonna have enablement. Yeah, so you know, and I'll, I'll say this, like when you have that right relationship with the right company that sees enablement the right way, you go from, from being a, part of the answer to the direction of this the organization to becoming the answer mm-hmm. for the sales organization. And that's the opportunity you want to put yourself into. And that's where the relationship with your, your head of sales, your VPs is so, so important because without it, you're, you're never actually accomplishing that goal that you set out for. Yeah. If you find yourself in a situation with a sales leader that doesn't get it, how do you bring them along? Do you have some advice on that? Oh man. Well, I I could go way back in time. Um, One of my initial enablement roles, this is when it was called sales training. No one had ever heard of sales enablement at the time, but you know, I stepped in the organization where I, uh, I was literally like the first, person they ever thought of to teach our salespeople to do anything, enable them, wasn't even a thing. And one of the things that I didn't have was uh, uh, leadership 
level alignment in the mm. sales org. I had several people who didn't believe in it, didn't believe in the impact. And, you know, it was a real challenge. It, w- it was a real challenge. Um, and, and so the, the question I asked myself when I reflected back on that as I moved into different roles, different places was, what could I have done different? And I always ask myself, even to this day, I ask myself, after I do something, what could I have done different? And in this area, I think the one clear thing is to bring sales leaders along, to bring VPs along, is you have to make it clear. Like, you are not the expert in sales. Mm. You do not, I think this is a misconception that's out there. You do not need to know every methodology, every sales skill, every practice. You do not, you're not the one that had to sell eight-figure deals to become an enablement. None of that is required but rather you're the expert on how to equip the team to be successful. That's what you do really well. And, and to bring them along, you have to have a vision about what that looks like, but also lean on them to be the experts. Let's face it. That is really important to sales leadership is they want to be the ones driving the bus, but we are the ones that are making sure that the wheels aren't falling off, mm-hmm. that the windows aren't cracked, that there, is that, a bus. that there is a bus. It's not running out of gas, all of Gasoline that. It, yeah. Right. And, and that and that is how you position yourself. And so when you that's how you bring them along. Let them drive the bus. Let them take control. Let them be that. You are there just to make sure that they're successful and you show all the ways you can. And I've now seen over time that that really helps bring them along because you're the expert in your space, which is enablement. Mm, and allow them to be the expert in their space that yeah. is sales. And then each of you kind of come together and you might even be, as you're giving an example of the bus, I was thinking like, all right, we may even have a conversation as what kind of vehicle do we need to get, right? Whereas the leader is saying, we need to get a vehicle because we need to get from A to B and let's have a conversation together rather than them telling you, we got this bus. These are the wheels, you know, these are the tires that we need, but it's like, all right, well, these tires might get us there faster or, or what have you. And yeah. it's funny because a lot of times in enablement where we're doing projects and we're rolling in a very agile way, we're rolling them out. And, and, you know, we always say like, we're building the airplane while, you know, whilst we're already starting to fly in. And so it's, 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 a, it's the same kind of a, of a thought process, but let's decide what kind of vehicle we're actually trying to build and where we're trying to go. So I think that that's a, that that's a, um, a great way to actually look at it is get them to understand the, the, the place where, where you're adding value and the value that they have and how there can be like a Venn diagram almost of what they bring to the table, what you bring to the table. And then together you can go further and be part of that strategy and be doing it together as a partnership. And I, because I, I know for myself too, when I've had a sales leadership that got it, it's just, oh, it's so rewarding. And then there are times when you just bang your head against the wall and you're just like, oh, like I can't get anything done because they just don't even get what I'm trying to do or they're looking at me as a cleanup crew or us or whatever have you. So yeah. really great insight. Um, so we talked a lot about the, the head, right? The CRO, the head of, of, of revenue, the VP, whatever. And then there's the frontline managers, right? Whether they be on the sales side or success side. And for there's such a critical piece of the puzzle because likely they're the ones that are in the trenches day to day with the go to market human. And they're often the one that we need to help enforce the adoption of whatever it is that we're rolling out. How do you bring them along? Or how do you establish that strong partnership with frontline managers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great question, Ross. Um, I, I will say this is arguably probably the most important relationship you're going to have. I agree. Going back to what I said at the beginning of if our job is to make every individual successful and that the VP success is the sum of its parts, this is the linchpin between those two things. Mm. And that's the frontline management. So um, how do you engage them? How do you come along? 
I think it's also it's important with them to understand what role you need to play in enablement. Remember, enablement has this kind of gray area. And for me, something I'm a big believer in is the opportunity with the frontline manager is really to become their coach. Mm. Coach them on how to manage their team. Coach them on how to teach their team. Coach them how to coach their team. Being that person for them. But it's also a matter of getting them and supporting them on how to manage up. Um, because you have built in enablement, you've built this relationship with the, their, their managers, their yeah. bosses. And so it's important to teach them how to manage up as well and coach them to help them achieve their goals, right? Everyone that has an interest in something, whether it be hit their revenue target, get, go on a career path, whatever it be, this is, this is a driver for them. And so the better us enablement can coach them, um, it's really an empowering thing and it helps build that forge that relationship. Mm. Uh, I love that help them to manage up, right? Because they may have, they, they've, they've been in that likely would have been in the role of the, whatever role they're leading. Like a sales manager was probably an AE at some point, but they've never been a VP of sales, right? So how did they, they don't know that world yet. So helping them to straddle the manage up and manage down. That's so smart. Yeah, no, it's huge. It's huge. I'm going to that by the way. What was that? I'm going to steal that. Oh, it's yours. Take it. Take it. As long as there's a trademark on it for me. Yeah, I will give you credit. That's good. No, no, take it. No, I think it's a, I think it's a huge part of it. And this is the important part. Um, And we've all worked with sales managers and directors. They, they need to feel safe to come to you with like the things they are challenging. And you need to give them that safe zone, but you also need to set boundaries. (laughs) And this is a poor part of coaching. Like it's okay if they come to you, but you don't want to be to their toxic handler. Uh, in other words, you don't want them to just come to bitch at you. Uh, you want them to come to you, that you with their challenges and help them overcome them both up and to their team. Like enable them. Yeah, that's yeah. really what it is. And I think there's a whole other opportunity there. Um, and as t- teams grow, and if you look at large organizations that have enablement, that really becomes a core fu- job function yeah. is literally enabling the frontline yeah, managers. Frontline managers, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's such a, like, to your point, they're the linchpin in whatever happens in the organization on a day-to-day basis, and they're in, and they're in that role where they're not too high, but they're, but they're, have a tremendous amount of impact, and they're, they're one to a few versus one to many or one to one, so they can really, um, and their voice back to what's really happening on the front line, right? Yeah, the feedback loop from that level is invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes that they're a part in their career where they're afraid to ask for help or they're afraid to not know something. And so being, and, I, and one of the things that I, that I cherish so much about the role we're in is we are trusted, right? Because we're not their bosses, but we're also there to help them be successful. So we get, I think it's, it's a certain um, responsibility and privilege that we have to really help to guide them and coach them and take their feedback back. And, and implement it into what we do. So yeah. really, really great insight there. What would you do differently if you could, if you were in the, the, the VP of sales role or the head of revenue role and you hired enablement, being, a, if, you know, for sales leaders that are listening to this, what, what would you have done to support the sales enablement person? Um, I, well, <laughs> being in sales enablement, I would give them all the, the, infinite budget go after yeah, it you know, you like, that's like a deal state three million dollars go do what you gotta do but it, in reality is I, I would if i brought someone in i would already have identified our biggest opportunities from a revenue standpoint like what actions could we take mm. now that could affect revenue now and have a path for long term and really i would hire them as my business partner 
Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, that's how I view the future of enablement. Yeah. One day we'll just be called, you know, sales business partners yeah. instead of HR business partners. But yeah. I'd hire yeah. him to be my business partner. I'd hire him to come in and say like, look, here's the challenges, here's the opportunities. And I need you to be driving these and yeah. um, work with internal stakeholders, take some of those pieces off my plate, but entrust them to go and do it and deliver and give them the space and focus to do it. Um, yeah. That That's really going back and even going forward, that's the type of person and the type of uh, role I see this becoming. Yeah, I love that. And, I, and I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation because your perspective is so um, interesting to me and I think to many other people. And what, what um, I think the TLDR of what I'm reminded of is the importance of enablement being the most important strategic business partner for the revenue leaders. And I think if we approach it from that perspective, if sales leadership approaches it from that perspective, if the people who are enabling approach it from that perspective, the CEO approaches it from that perspective, then you know, we're talking 10, 20, 30 X of what we could accomplish because we are that business partner. And I and I love that perspective. And I and I think the 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 thing too that that I that I really encourage everybody listening to this to do is get in those forecast calls, get in those pipeline reviews, get in those customer um, QBRs, because that's going to really let you know what's happening. And then also be able to be that manage up, manage down yourself um, and, and also help the sales leaders do that. So really, really um, insightful things that you said. Thank you so much. Uh, before we close out, I did want to ask you a quick question. Uh, we are doing this, obviously, we're recording this during uh, the global pandemic that we're and the aftermath of that that we're all living in. Um, what's one thing that you think is going to change for the better as a result of what we're going through? Wow. Um, I, here's what I think will change for the better. Um, and maybe this is unique to my uh, startup, you know, high volume world that I've lived in for so long. But I think this has really forced us to go from, uh, I use the phrase boiling the ocean, trying to solve all things simultaneously. It has really forced a lot of focus um, mm -hmm. in roles and in projects. And actually I'm starting to see that that focus is yielding a higher return mm -hmm. than, than everybody trying to do everything and you know hey i got i got to be on this meeting at 6 a.m and this meeting at 7 p.m and we have all like we are not in our world largely we are not curing cancer we are not trying to solve all the world's problems we are trying to help our customers and in order to do that uh i'm seeing the benefits of focusing a lot better and we might see a lot more of that down the line and especially with our working world working from home lack of resources um I, that's a thing that i think will change for the better for everybody yeah i love that and i hope that's true and i i didn't think of it like that until now until you just said that but um, I, I, as you were saying that I was thinking about some clients I'm working with, or even, even in personal lives, right? The focusing your personal lives is different. Um, I think you're, you're, um, very insightful there. And I think I'm going to actually put more thought to that because I think that's where we're going to see the success and then be able to take the learnings from this. Cause we're all going to sit back in two years and do a hindsight and realize like, oh, we were focused more or we went to the really important things. And so I think that's, that's uh, something really, really interesting to think about. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, and for the focus that you gave to this. And I think that this is an incredibly important topic and can make or break the success of an organization. So your insights are really appreciated. Thank you, Roz. I appreciate being here. Thank you. As we close out today's episode, we would like to thank 
purpleplanet.com for our music production and we thank you for listening we encourage you to get in touch with us with any requests for future topics any questions that you have or just to say hello we can be found at level213.com that's l-e-v-e-l and then the digits 213.com or you can always find us on linkedin as well have a great day